talk to you of art. Yes. For there is nothing else. Are you all ready to join me today in our trip to outer space? Come along quietly or not. You can have all the talent in the world and never get anywhere. Some farmers bait a hook to let you bite upon it. And now, without further ado, Okay, welcome to Planet Shivers. I'm Albert Shivers, and um, I'm here again with Isaac Wilson, doing the producing, making the sound happen. And joining me today, born in Brooklyn, New York, heavily influenced by pinup art of the 70s and 80s, enjoys a good cigar, and whose pencil and graphite work will leave you swearing you're looking at a photograph, Michael Glenn. Thanks for doing the show, man. No problem, Albert. My pleasure. No, this is, is going to be... It's going to be a lot of fun. So before we get into things, um, let's bring up a little piece of art news that was published in Daily Art Magazine. It goes, every once in a while, an accident involving artwork happens. Usually it's the artwork that ends up damaged, but sometimes it is the audience. Um, this was an art exhibit by Anish Kapoor. Uh, doesn't tell, tell me what country it is, but in 1992... He did a piece of artwork called The Black Hole. Um, and his patrons went in to view it. What they thought was a black circle painted on the floor was actually a two and a half meter deep hole in the floor that um, a few people fell into, <laughs> including a 60 year old man. Boy, that really gives new meaning to three dimensional chalk and paint drawings wow doesn't it someone took it to the extreme yeah and like there's there is a photo here and it, it looks you know they they painted the entire hole black so it does just look like a black dot you know and the way it's lit you wouldn't even know until you were probably in it too late yeah <laughs> so yeah let's let's get into um some of your own personal art history How, how'd you get started doing what you do oh man um it just was something I always did when I was younger, when I was a kid. It was something I always enjoyed doing. I seemed to be pretty good at it. Uh, people were always saying, wow, that looks great. And, of course, when you're a kid, you tend to do more of whatever it is they're, you know, mm-hmm. praising you about. Um, it was just, you know, really enjoyable, you know. I just kept doing it on my own. But as you grow up and you have a career and... You have family and you have kids. It's you don't get to spend as much time with it. So right. now that my my family's a lot older and and whatnot, I'm able to spend a lot more time on it. It's it's truly become a passion the, the last few years. And I read uh, on your website that when you were younger, you also did some airbrush and, and pinstripe. Yeah, too. yeah. When I was a teenager into cars, it was just you know a natural progression. You know, as an artistic endeavor to to lean towards pinstripe and eventually airbrushing. Pinstriping was so huge back in, in the 70s and mm-hmm. whatnot. Um, it was so easy to get into and, and it was so creative. Airbrushing, it was big back then, but man, it was so expensive to, to get into and, and keep up with. And, and I think that's pretty much what kind of kept me away from that was the amount of money that was being spent on it. And it just... It was just hard to do as a hobby, as it were, mm-hmm. you know. But, man, I enjoyed it so much. I used to do T-shirts. used to do women's nails before it was mm-hmm. a big thing, you know, now. Wow. But I would spend, you know, hours doing a woman's nails where now you go someplace and you get it done in 10 minutes. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that's a, 
That's a really small canvas. Yeah, it was. It, it, I think probably that's what got me so into my love of detail mm-hmm. when I do a pencil drawing. It's, it's, it's paying attention to the details and not being afraid to spend, you know, hours upon hours upon hours on, on what some may consider such a small detail. So, yeah, well, I think like the small details in any piece of art really are the most important. True, especially if you're doing like you know realism or hyper realism, you know, type of stuff. You you know, you want to make it look like a photograph. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, that's generally what attracts me is is the photograph, and it's like, wow, I want to draw that, and Mm -hmm. you got to make it look like the photograph in order to, you know, to catch it. So you get caught up in that detail thing pretty easily. So you mentioned that you stepped away from our family and life and all that, which is completely understandable. So when did you get back into it and what brought you to Um, it? I'd say the last five to eight years is when it's kind of exploded quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd stepped away for a while and uh, there were some things in in my life that happened that, uh, I mean, I regret it happened. It was my stupid mistake. It just after, I don't want to say exactly what what happened, okay, but that's fine. what it it just made some bad choices, and um, I just missed what I was doing. Like I I basically gave up drawing mm-hmm. because of of what transpired, and it was like a stupid mistake on my part. Mm-hmm. And as it was going on, my sister had given me a, a gift certificate to AC Moore to go and get some supplies and it was like a birthday it was around the time of my birthday and she just wrote in a card just start drawing again Mm. and uh it took me a month or two to go out and start getting the supplies and start doing it but i I gotta say man from that point on it's it's just been crazy it's you know you look back on things and and you say things happen for a reason and this is clearly one of those moments when when i can look back and i can say um yeah you know what i'm I'm glad things happened the way they did because in order to to work on art the way i i do and everything and to really i think be productive it's got to be a passion and i'll be honest when i was younger it wasn't a passion it was something i enjoyed mm-hmm. but it wasn't a passion and and the last five to eight years it's it's become a passion so i'm i'm happy with the way things went even with the you know the choices i made and and the losses from it um i will say that that during the time of what issues were going on i threw away quite a few of my original works quite a few Mm. just threw them away and uh i think i've got like maybe five or seven pieces that survived from gotcha. you know back in the 80s and, mm-hmm. and whatnot when I was you know drawing the way I was so mm-hmm. but given all of that I'm, I'm happy the way it's gone you know I'm, it's a passion now things are really you know going well I'm, I'm getting a lot of activity um, people are loving my work and and you know I'm, I'm drawing for me and the fact that other people like it that you know that's really nice that's sweet mm-hmm. so cool now would you say that like Without going into it, that when you got back into art, that helped you heal and, 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 and grow from oh, what's yeah. going on? Yeah, there's there's scientific proof that that portion of your brain, that creative side of your brain, really mm-hmm. is 
responsible for getting, you know, getting you out of the dumps, getting you out of the, you know, the black hole that you may have dug yourself for. It, it, it really made a difference. Um, I mean, there's nothing going on now that's depressing or anything like that or, you know, tough. It's just pure joy. You know, right. I, I get these projects and it's like, yeah, I can do that. That sounds cool. Yeah. Well, yeah. Let's do that. You know, and that's, I'll see a picture and it's like, oh man, I love that. I want to draw that. You know, right now my biggest problem is I've got all these ideas and all these things I want to draw and I just don't have the time. So yeah. I'm well, hoping that'll even out. I know a lot of ideas is a good problem to have. Yeah, I guess. In a way. Yeah. Everybody way. talks about that creative block and, you know, knock on wood, I, I haven't, you know, experienced that yet, you know, yeah. so much. I mean, there might be little things I'm working on and it's, it's. I'm, I'm sometimes at a loss, you know, how to get what's up here in my head onto the paper. Mm-hmm. But inevitably, it, it seems to, you know, it work out. It seems to work out for me. So that's a good thing. Yeah. So let's talk like, some about like your influences. I know you do a lot of pinup art and I've um, been looking through your website. Um, see, you know, what are some of the kind of things you've been up to? You do a lot of Sinatra. You get a real cool Elvis portrait. You know what? What makes you pick, when you see that picture that inspires you to want to draw it, what is it about that picture that makes you want to draw it? Usually it's the, the way the, the shadows are depicted in the photo, the, the details that will be in the lighted areas, even the details that will be in the darkened areas. You know, it, it's, it's not just about black when it comes to shadows. There's different mm-hmm. levels of black, which truly are levels of gray. There's only really one black. Right. But uh, it, it's usually, you know, the picture, the way it looks. Um, I, I love some of the older stars, you know, Marilyn Monroe, Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin. Um, the reason why I've done so many Frank Sinatras is I've had a lot of clients that, you know, enjoy Frank just as well. Mm-hmm. I've got one client that I have never met, um, never spoken to. It's a mutual uh, acquaintance of other friends. And he's got, I think, four originals that I've done um, he's just his face is just so intricate so much detail detail so much experience and knowledge just in his face you, you look at him and, and his face tells a story so you know why wouldn't I want to draw that right. you know and then on the other side of the coin I might be drawing a turtle or I might be drawing you know some sexy pinup mm-hmm. you know it's like Pinup was a big influence when I was younger, growing up. Um, were there any like artists that you look towards that, that have influenced you also? Um, I loved Olivia de Bernardinas, I believe is how her last name is pronounced. I'm not sure. She's a pinup artist uh, located out in California. Hmm. And um, she did, the way I originally was exposed to her was she, she did pinup art inside Playboy magazines. Okay. And when I was a kid growing up, the the basement of my house, we lived with uh, my grandmother and grandfather in the same house, you know, upstairs, downstairs type of thing. And I'd go down the basement all the time and there'd be stacks as high as I was of, you know, Playboy magazines down there. So, of mm-hmm. course, being a little kid, you know, right. I'd be thumbing through the pages. Mm-hmm. And uh, her artwork just blew me away. It was just... It was a combination of watercolors and, and, and airbrush and, and colored pencils and gauche and all these things that I never heard of, never was exposed to, didn't even know exist. And it was like, how did, how did you get that, you know, 
how did you get that? How did you get it to look like that? Mm-hmm. And it just, it just, I don't know, man, I just fell in love with her artwork. And then, of course, certain photographers like uh, Ansel Adams. Okay. Believe it or not, there was some of those photographs, I guess, in the Playboy magazine, too. There was a lot of good information in Playboy magazine yeah. back then. <laughs> so uh, he influenced me a lot. His photographs, his black and white, um, mm-hmm. it just, you, you like color because of all the different colors, but man, there's so much that can be done with, with black and white and yeah. 16,000 shades of gray, you know, in between. There's... To make a, a black and white picture look like a color picture is, is a huge challenge. And I think that's one of the reasons why I like, you know, graphite pencils so much. I mean, I mess with colored pencils too, but I really like graphite pencils too. Mm-hmm. So those are pretty much my big influences. You also recently, or maybe not that recently, you could tell me more. You did a, a mural in Scranton. Yeah, about a year ago, actually, okay. it, it it I just had the memories come up on my Facebook, and uh, there was they were having this contest to to paint over the uh, the fronts of stores that were not occupied, where they put like a sheetrock shell in front of the door to mm-hmm. protect it and whatnot, I guess. So they wanted to you know make it look pretty. So they had this contest going on and they reached out to different artists and my daughter my older daughter had pointed it out to me and I applied and luckily I, I got picked so uh, I did a uh, an underwater theme on it it was mm-hmm. a, an expansion of a uh, uh, an original colored pencil drawing that I pretty much had just finished of a giant turtle swimming through the the water and uh, I called it Riding the, the Rays. And they that's what I used to apply for it. And mm-hmm. they said they loved it. You know, do that. And right. it was even a better idea because they were having a uh, an aquarium built up in there inside that mall. So it was, you know, of course it would you know, fit right yeah. in. So uh, I ended up spending over 180 hours. Hmm on a just shy of 500 square foot surface painting a, a giant turtle and various other undersea characters and unfortunately we had a 30-day deadline so i could only uh. do so much <laughs> you know i wanted to just keep going and just going crazy you know i love those kind of projects where there's no deadline and 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 i can just go crazy yeah and uh but it came out really nice it's it's still up um, I'm going to be going up there in, in a couple of days, actually, take a look at it and, and do some other things in the, in the area. But uh, it came out really good. Thanks. It came out really good. What other stuff do you have going on in Scranton? Um, my kids live out there, so okay. I go out there a lot. Um, I'm actually going to be going back to the mall in, in a couple of days to, to put up some framed artwork uh, nice. They just contacted me uh, today, actually, to uh, put um, some framed artwork up throughout the mall. They've mm-hmm. got a an area set up where they want to display some artwork. So mm-hmm. I've got to go home and clean up some framed up prints that I have and get them ready to hang up mm-hmm. and stuff. So I'll be doing that this this weekend. 
And you've been involved in First Fridays up at Scranton also. Um, I had a, a show um, inside the Scranton Mall for First Friday. Um, that was my only ex- experience with a First Friday. I'd, I'd like okay. to spend more time up there and get some more things up, mm-hmm. up in that area. Um, you know, time permitting and, and whatnot. Uh, you know, display my art in different areas up in there. There's some, there's some cool places up in there that I think my artwork would, would go over well. I'll probably do a couple more in, inside the Scranton Mall, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I did one at Posh Yeah. Um, in September last year for the first Fridays. And they, you know, they get a good amount of people out yeah. for those things. It is my good exposure in, in a different city. <clears throat> I remember doing it um, uh, quite a few years ago. There was someone I, I dated out in Scranton, and mm-hmm. um, I got exposed to it. I hadn't been aware that that goes on out there and you just a nice summer night you just walk around to various venues and look at all these artist works and i gotta say i was like blown away by it i was like wow that is so cool and uh i remember thinking to myself you know that'd be pretty cool if if, you know one of these days i had my artwork showing someplace up there so it's it's you know i mean i had my artwork showing up there and my art is up there but I'd, i'd like to do more of that so and you also designed a wine label. I did. I, I, I did one wine label. I'm in the middle, three quarters of the way of a second label and in the beginning stages of a third label um, uh, for a local winery, uh, Blue Ridge Estate and Vineyard over in Salisbury. Okay. Um, really great wines, really great atmosphere. Um, I love spending time there. Um, Randy, uh, the owner, is is an you know really energetic guy. Um, I've never done uh, a collaboration in the art world. Mm-hmm. I've never done anything like it. But working what I've done with Randy through these projects is 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 close to a collaboration as I've ever been. He's such he's such a bundle of excitement and and. It, it was just so cool doing, you know, this project with them. The, 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 the most recent one that we're working on and the one that we did already that's already on one of his wines. Um, the wine's called The Estate. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, we did the label. I did a drawing of the front of the building. Um, and it really came out cool. And I tried to make it look magical because for me, the place is very magical. It's very mm-hmm. exciting. And I tried to give it like a nice sunset in the background and and uh, just peace and quietness. And, and I, I think I, I accomplished that. Um, and the way we set the label up, um, he had come up uh, last minute of, of the idea of putting the artwork facing in of the bottle as opposed to facing out so that you would realize the wine... Mm-hmm. which was made from the first grapes on the property is in the bottle along with the artwork. So it was a really cool concept. Yeah. yeah. Um, in terms of wine label artwork, it's, it's like an unbelievable business. It's really crazy. Um, so many great ideas and so many big concepts. So knowing that I thought, yeah, let's go with this. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's different. You know, maybe, you know, maybe that'll, you know, it'll be cool and unfortunately i don't think i got as much exposure you know out of it you know i got some but 
now the label we're working on now is is a, a, a lot more it's going to be on the outside of the bottle mm -hmm. um and i think it's going to just be you know huge i think it's going to get a lot of exposure once it comes out um hopefully that's going to be soon and is, is it an original piece you did yeah you? yeah I, I did this specifically for the idea um I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to get into much of, of what it is. It's it's for a particular wine that he has. I guess I could talk about it. I mean, because this it'll be a while before this comes yeah. out. Um, it's a uh, he he he. Whatever gave him the idea, it gave him the idea to to put um, food grade glitter, like what you would put on um, cupcakes and cakes and things like that. Mm -hmm edible glitter and he puts it inside the wine hmm. and and you just you shake the bottle around and it looks like a lava lamp kind of <laughs> and it's like it's so cool you know it's just such the coolest thing and and there's multitudes of colors and whatnot so he's got this wine he's had it out for a while he's got a store in the crossings that sells you know just this wine I, I think it might sell the other wines too but he's got like all these different colors and, and it's selling it and and he wanted like a special you know label for mm -hmm. it so after a couple of days of thinking about it i i do a lot of you know sexy drawings and you know w women's faces and portraits mm -hmm. and i came up with this little idea and it's 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 a woman's face and it's got like the boku effect you know like an out of focus lights and and glitter in the distance where there's mm. circles it's called boku okay. and uh i put that on the edges to kind of like blend in with the bottle and this is all done in grayscale because I, we wanted the the color of the bottle to stand out mm -hmm. and it's going to be a, a long and thin label you know very small it's it's going to be like more glass than anything else it's not going to be your standard size label it's going to be much smaller mm -hmm. and the only color that's going to be on it is that the certain sections of the the boku i took the drawing made prints of it and then i took the glitter there's 10 different colors so i i, I took the glitter and i made a paint out of the glitter and I painted little sections of, of the edges of the picture, the exact color of what the wine will be. Mm. So if, if the wine is one of the pink wines or the, the red wines or the purple wines, the label is going to have that exact color nice. in the label. So there's going to be like 10 different labels, but all the same picture. And then as we were doing it, as I gave him the, the, the beginning idea of it, I did a quick sketch of an idea, a quick sketch that lasted about a week, and I put like 40 hours into it. Um, Sometimes that's a quick yeah, one. Yeah, that is a quick <laughs> one. Uh, he came up with the idea of just using like a random face where we used the, the, his wife as the woman's face that I did the drawing with. So it, it's it's a lot more personal to to him and his family, and it means much more to him and his family. So, so we you know we started I started working on that, and and you know we're at a point where the picture's complete. We're we're waiting for authorizations from the the legal companies and departments that have have their say in how the label looks and all that mm -hmm. stuff. And 
hopefully it'll be out soon and we'll be having you know a, an unveiling f- for it so does this um does this wine stay exclusively in pa or is it i think he's i think he sells it around too i believe he's associated with with an online establishment that sells a lot of his wines and he's he's number 13 winery in in the u.s wow and number one on the east coast you know and that says a lot for you know a winery located in pennsylvania to be you know 13th out of the whole u.s in terms of wines he's got some wines that have won you know international awards um he's got some really good wine no that sounds like a cool project yeah it is and and every once in a while it keeps coming back and we got something else to work on we got one that we're in the you know design stages at the moment you know it'll be my third one if it comes comes out um it's it's Working in a collaboration with him has been really, really enjoyable. He's just a bundle of, of creativity, and, and I just love doing that. So it, it's been really cool. It, it's, it's been fun projects. I, I love, you know, when at first this one we were working on, I was like, man, what am I going to do with this? And then about three days into it, the ideas just started flowing. So hmm. it's, it's been pretty cool. I'm enjoying it. Cool. Cool. Um, do you have any other art, like personal stuff that you're working on? I do a lot of stuff for myself or right. things that uh, appeal to me that mm-hmm. when I'm not working on a commission or not working on a project, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. Um, I, I've got probably <laughs> 50 or 100 little projects lined up that I want to do. Um, I've got grandkids um, mm-hmm. and, and they're, they're like three and four years old. You know, there's certain shows they watch, and one of them is uh, How to Train Your Dragon. Okay. I don't know if you're familiar with that. A little bit, yeah. Well, there's there's scenes where the the guy's driving. I think his name is Hiccup, and he's riding around on the back of a dragon. Mm-hmm. So I had this idea to you know draw my grandson on the back of a dragon. So that's like a project I've got going off for myself, but. Of course, it's taking a back seat because I got these other things going on. But mm-hmm. I will get that done because it's, <laughs> it is such a cool concept, and I know he's gonna love it. So mm. it's something I want to do. So there's there's a lot of things like that sitting around on paper that I've kind of started laying out on things things that are in my mind, things that I've started doing reference searches to get ideas, and I've got them all you know bundled up in a folder on my mm-hmm. computer. And you know, like I said, I've got a ton of ideas going on but i work a full-time job in in addition to doing this so it's i don't have as much time as i'd like but hopefully in the future i'll have more time you know once i retire and whatnot and start doing this more full-time as i like look back through your work and some of your progress shots if you may have finished it now but you've been working on a portrait of um what looks like a young girl with like flowers around her face yeah, I think I'm done with that. That was that was like a small five by seven. She's looking into a daisy or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I called that smelling daisies. That was um, I did a pencil grayscale graphite drawing of it, and and for whatever reason, I I figured, you know what? Let me add some t- color to it, and I added some color pencils to the to the daisy, and uh, 
it came out pretty good. Some someone was was looking to buy it, and she never followed through on it. Um, so I've still I've still got it. That happens, you know. People, yeah. you know, they they say they want something and it never you know materializes. That's you know it happens. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I've still got that. I've got some prints of that one too. That that was that was a, an enjoyable one to do. It wasn't of any of my grandchildren, um, but it made me think of you know my granddaughter, of course. You know, mm. I think I did a couple like that, a couple of small ones with the gray the graphite and the colored pencil. Mm. Yeah, I've seen um, you did a, a couple of ladybug ones. Yeah, like yeah, there was another one. Was a ladybug. There was a mm. ladybug bug sitting on a mushroom. Yeah. Yeah. No, th those came out great too. Thanks. Yeah. So now you mainly work pencil and graphite, and so what? What is that process like? Um, from from when you say, okay, this is what I'm going to draw. So you get the paper, and from start to finish, you know, like. How do you how do you get from beginning to end? Well, I get the ideas first. Um, if it's going to be a compositive of of multiple photographs, I'll I'll get all the photographs together and think about how I'm going to lay out the drawing. Mm -hmm. um, eventually, what I'll do is I'll start by by laying out, graphing out the drawing so that I get the the composition. You know, a hundred percent. I want to get everything laid out in that respect, so that this way. I know that's all correct, and then I can work on the the shading, which is what to me makes you know the drawing come to life. I mean, the composition's got to be right. Everything's got to be shaped right. You know, mm -hmm. the eyes have to be the right place, and the nose yeah. and the mouth. Well, that's got to be right. If if I know that's good, then I can just concentrate on the shading and and do what I'm going to do to it. Mm -hmm. um, I may make it lighter than what the photograph is that I saw. I may make it darker. I may you know try to do something like a, an HDR photograph, high dynamic range. Okay. I may try to do that effect. Um, that's been another influence in, in you know from me in photography, the way you you can um, highlight shadows and whatnot and really bring them up using like maybe Photoshop or something. So uh, once I lay it out, I just start going with the, the, the photographs. One thing I used to do as a mistake was I would, I would make multiple copies of the photograph, maybe bringing up the highlights in one and, and you know, bringing up the darks in the other. Mm -hmm. so, so this way I could see the, the details, you know, because again, I'm all about the details. I like to put details in my drawings. Right. And, uh, I made the mistake of of following too many different reference photos where it would it would just get muddy with all the others and, and I couldn't get a specific look and I would spend up too much time one minute I make this area too dark and it's like no I got to make it lighter mm. you know and you spend just as much time with an eraser as you do with a pencil you know now I've just gotten to the point where I I make a photo of how I want it and I just go off of that one photo. And, and if there's if there's a detail that I want to, you know, look a little bit more, then then I'll look a little bit more into that. But I'll always be referencing that one photo. So I seem to be doing better when I do that. Like, where, where would people be able to um, pick up your art, you know, if they were interested? Um, other than, you know, maybe seeing you in Scranton or at some place where your art is showing it. Yeah, is it available online? I am. Um, I've got various presents online. Um, I've been putting just as much time into building that aspect of it as, as much as paint drawing, rather. I mean, I really just want to draw, but...
but I'm realizing that people, you know, like my stuff and, mm. you know, hey, I got to make it available. So I've got a Facebook presence. I've got an Instagram presence. Um, I've got a web page presence. Um, people can reach out to me that way. Um, I'm accessible via email. Um, email is mlglenn, G-L-E-N-N, uh, fineart at gmail.com. And basically all my, my, my web presence is, again, M-L-G-L-E-N-N, Um You can search for, you know, either of those on Facebook and Instagram and um, even on Google, and it'll bring up that. I think it even brings up my Pinterest. I've, I've got a Pinterest site <laughs> where, I, where I save all my, you know, photos that I'd love to draw someday. Mm. And, and let me tell you, it's pretty big. Yeah, no, I have similar things, folders yeah, yeah. on my computer, I'll just saved images. When I was a kid, when I was younger, there was uh, something that was referred to, a, a reference folder or a reference thing. It was people, Artists called it a morgue, okay. um, and it was just this giant manila envelope of all these magazine pictures and things like that that you know, you'd want to use as a reference at some mm-hmm. point in time. To me, Pinterest is... is you know the morgue of what it was back in the you know the 60s mm-hmm. and the 70s it's it's and the morgue was another thing i threw away back in, oh. in the day when things were you know things were bad at that point in time not that i used it anymore but it still brought back some memories seeing that thing but uh yeah pinterest is is just a, a great source of of photographs and you mm. know influence and you know it gets the gears turning and you start creating something so yeah, I was using, um, which is sort of, it dawned on me accidentally one day to, to use a reference to draw in buildings or structures that were like different, you know, than what's around here or just what you're used to is um, I started going on Google Earth and just going to different countries oh, on Google wow. Earth, go to Italy, go to Spain, go to wherever and just looking at their architecture. That's, I never would have even thought of that. Yeah, That's no, a good it's, idea. it's. I was just, like, to be honest, just sort of just, you know, dicking around on Google Earth <laughs> looking at different places. And, um, I, was, and I came to this, this circle. Um, I was with a friend of mine, and, and um, her mother is from Italy. So we typed in her mother's hometown. And we're in this beautiful circle with um, a fountain and a whole bit. And um, you, know, you could drag the little guy and drop him and be on the street view of Google Earth. And I'm looking at the architecture, I'm like, this is amazing. I should draw this. And then the, the light bulb went off. I was like, I could do this with everything, you know? I never thought of that. That's a pretty good idea. You know, I'll have to look into that. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's a fun resource, even for like those little things that we see every day. Right. But when you have to sit down and draw and look it, at the detail. a telephone pole or yep. a signpost, you know, like, yep. you know, and, and you don't have the opportunity to go out and do it. You just blah, blah, blah. Type it in and, and pull up basically whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, that was a fun little <laughs> fun accident. <laughs> Some accidents work well. Yeah. It's all about the good accidents. Well, Mike, I really do appreciate you coming and doing this. This has been a lot of fun chatting with you. My um, pleasure. We've been in the same sort of circles for a little while now. Yeah. But um, it's you know, good to kind of learn your background a little bit. And thanks for coming on the show. Hey, thank you. And um, just to remind everybody... Um, I'm just going to recite your websites and places where people can pick up your art. 
You even check it out. It's um, www.mlglenfineart.com. Correct. And on Facebook, it's mlglenfineart. And on Instagram, you can go to at mlglen underscore fine underscore art. Correct. Very cool. So everybody should go check out his stuff. You will not regret it. It's photorealism. Real good stuff, man. Thanks for doing the show. I'm glad. Hey, thanks you. Thank you for listening to the Planet Shivers podcast. This production and others can be found on iTunes, SoundCloud, and archives.org. It can also be found with video content on the Albert Shivers YouTube channel. You can find even more content on Facebook at Albert Shivers Visual Artist and on Instagram at Albert Shivers. You can find Isaac Wilson's work on Instagram at WhenInZen. That's when underscore in underscore zen. Thank you again for listening, and don't forget to like and subscribe.